0: To you and I for the Kenai. As always I'm with Eric in Cobrin and today we have Danielle here to share her story of recovery. Danielle how are you today? Oh I'm
1: pretty good. A little nervous.
0: <laughs> yeah. But
1: pretty good.
0: All these mics can be intimidating I suppose. We've got four mics now. We're professionals all of a sudden. <laughs> so uh, Danielle just to start uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from?
1: Um, I'm 28. Um, I've, I'm from Salatna, Alaska. I lived here my whole life. Um, I have two beautiful daughters
0: cool.
1: um, went to Solana High School worked at Fred Myers <laughs> pretty much a regular
2: yeah the whole Sadat do yeah exactly yeah, cool nice. Mm-hmm.
3: I, I thought I recognized you from somewhere, and it must be from there, from Fred Meyer's, because I worked there for a while. So yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. Well, people right. are like,
1: "I, you really look familiar." I'm like, "I probably helped you at some point." <laughs> yeah. Small,
3: oh. small world. All right.
2: So. Did you? Uh, what did you like to do uh, growing up? Um, was, was that also very Soldatna? E.
1: You know, I did the regular, you know, just outdoorsy stuff, but. Um, Fish. I was
2: everybody here fishes I swear. Yeah,
1: I right. did a lot of fishing. My parents weren't big you know fishermen at all. Sure. Like my dad never went fishing, but um, I remember as a kid I would like pack up my fishing pole and like ride my bike down to the Kenai River and go fishing <laughs> every day. Yeah. Never caught anything cuz I'm pretty <laughs> sure I was not doing anything right, right. but I was definitely trying all right, the yeah. time. <laughs> uh, always went camping um as I got older, I really got into arts and uh, into dance and some different sports. When I was in high school, I was on the dance team. Nice.
2: What was your favorite type of, like, arts?
1: Um, I like acrylic painting on oh, canvas. Oh, nice. cool. cool.
2: Yeah, cool. I, uh, I finally, when I started college, I was uh, kind of, I'm not, like, super proud of this necessarily, but <laughs> I, they were like, well, do you want to try for your Bachelor of Arts or your Bachelor of Science? And I'm like, well, a Bachelor of Science, obviously, like, Arts, like, that's not, uh, you know, an academic thing. Like, what are you going to do with that? Yeah, like, what am I going to do? And then finally, I, like, there were so many things that I just did not know. And they were like, "Um, dude, you need to learn some, like, some things, you know? So I finally took my... (laughs) Basically, they, like, in a nice way, like, you need to learn things, man. And so I finally took my first, like, like an art appreciation course. Mm -hmm. And that was super cool to, like, actually finally... Like, just, like, oh, these are the different periods of art. These are the different types of art. And it was uh, really cool because now, like, people talk about it or, like, you see certain things and you're like, oh, totally. Like, I know what that's, yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's such a cool part of, like, the world once if you, like, actually... Know what you're talking about or 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 looking at. Yeah, or just, like, open to it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
1: I had a really awesome teacher in... uh... Towards the end of middle school and during the first few years of high school, who went through all the different periods of art and all the different kinds and stuff. Yeah. And that's why how I actually figure out what I really liked. Sure. You yeah. know, because I was like, oh yeah, I like art and I'm like a good drawer and painter and stuff, but I really don't like making pottery. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not that's good out. at that. And watercolors not my thing.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. I definitely pulled a C in ceramics in high school. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> barely pulled a C. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I uh, I didn't necessarily, so the drawing, I mean, I really had a hard, because we had to make a little bit of art every week, so the drawing, like, that was challenging, you know, I mean, I get, like, try hard, you can get better, but to an extent, it's kind of like, yeah, you need to practice, but to an extent, kind of sometimes, maybe this is, like, totally not cool to say, but it seems like maybe you have it. And maybe you don't, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, dang, dude, I do not have it. And yeah. so the drawing was hard. But the then we did, like, a screen printing kind of thing. And that was, like, a little bit more, um, like, you kind of figure out what you wanted to do. And then you could really take your time and, like, be a little more, like, methodical about it, I guess. Like, you could make your stencil. And then, like, you could, you know, sponge paint through your stencil and, like, make these little designs. And that was a little bit, I don't know. It took a little less, like, pure... I don't talent. know, flicks of the wrist <laughs> yeah. and a little bit more, like, I don't know, like des- a little bit of designing and then connecting the dots kind of gig. More, I don't more know. structured. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that's that's more structured, like, dude. Like, more like structure. if you do
1: A, B, and C, you'll get the result you yeah. want. Yeah yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, not just, like, go make this happen. Yeah. 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 Applying science to art. Less pure <laughs> There's a little bit yeah. more structure, yeah. 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 For sure. So after high school, um, what, what were you uh, – what were your dreams your plans your
1: um you know i really i didn't know what i wanted to do sure. and i'm just that kind of person like as a kid of course i wanted to be everything and anything yeah. i could never narrow it down they'd always be like what do you want to be when you grow up i'm like i don't know and it's too stressful to think about yeah <laughs> i want yeah. to do everything because yeah. i like a lot of different things you know cool. but um and I think that's part of the reason why I kind of just kind of got trapped where I was, and I ended up staying at Fred Meyer's. I started there when I was 16, mm-hmm. and they started paying me really well, mm-hmm. and I had you know great insurance and everything, and I had met my ex-husband at the time, and you know it would just seemed like exactly where I was supposed to be. Yeah, you know? good-paying job in town, you know, started a family basically. Yeah. Yeah, and it was all, and everything was kind of too scary. It was yeah. it was too scary to go try new things when you're already so stable where you're at. Yeah.
2: Totally. Yeah. Definitely. I get that. Like, especially as I'm, you know, getting older, I definitely need to feel, like, that draw to just stay, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're, like, there's some parts of, like, my life at this point that I would like to change, you know? But then there's, like, but these things are... There may not be the greatest, but at least they offer, like, some parts of stability, some parts Mm -hmm. of security, you know? I've been thinking about, not to get all, like, whatever, but I've been thinking about that a lot lately, like, how often, like, just that general sameness, you know, that consistency, Mm -hmm. that, like, fear of, yeah, man, like, I'm like, you know, if I change these things up, like, it would probably be better, but then it's like... But at least I know what I have now. Like, if I keep doing what I'm doing, this will probably stay the same. You know, like it could get better, but dude, you don't know. You know, there's (laughs) some guessing. There's that fear. I get that. You never
1: realize how many people will actually live their lives miserable for their whole entire lives out of fear of changing something. Yeah, that's hard. And you see that a lot. Like, you know, that's why people don't really understand abusive relationships, Mm -hmm. domestic violence, stuff like that, because even though. It's, it, you know that it's wrong, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the fear of change, whether it's bad, out, the outcome is good or bad, the fear of change is way more terrifying than yeah. the, the possibilities,
2: Yeah, of, of what you
1: know is, what can, is what's going to happen to you every yeah, day. Yeah.
0: Different is always yeah. scary. Yeah, Pretty synonymous um, in a lot of contexts, for it, sure.
3: Isn't there a quote that's like, better the devil you know than the one that you don't? Something like that, mm-hmm. basically. Sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I get that. I get
3: yeah. That. Yeah. So, when you
1: look at your life, you really... You don't realize how much you live your life out of
2: fear. Yeah. Right. What
1: stopped you from doing a lot of things or moving forward or trying different things. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: That's yeah. right.
2: Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I've been thinking about that a lot lately, especially because you think, like, I don't know, if you start to get, like, frustrated or whatever and you want to make these changes, um, I guess I get, like, I when I was a kid, I thought, like, dude, I could never... Well, obviously, because this is part of being a kid. I'm like, I could never work 8 to 5 all day, every day. But then you do, like, as you get a little bit older, you're like, hey, man, if all I got to do is get to work at 8 and be done at 5, like, and I get this basic guarantees of security, you know, mm-hmm. like, I guess I get it, you know, like, it starts all this idea of, like, well... At least I like, know this; these things are going to happen, like you said. So. Yeah, I
1: know I'm going to make this amount of money on this day, yeah. every yeah. single day. Even if you
2: hate days, it, like, exactly. at least you got some guarantees. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No yeah. doubt. So what? Uh, what? What happened to where? Because obviously you don't work at Fred Meyer anymore. No. Nope. So when did some changes start to happen? Whether you sought them out or whether they kind of happened?
1: Um. Well, to be totally honest, I yeah. was fired. Um, sure. So I had. That's when my drug use had started getting out of control. Sure. Was towards the end. I had worked there for eleven
2: years. Okay, so you're twenty seven. Twenty eight. You were twenty seven. Yes, I was twenty seven. Yeah. But um. Right. Because you started when you were sixteen. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, I guess ten years then. Okay. Yeah. There yeah. was like a year when right, I had like right, another yeah. job at the same time, and yeah, uh, right. yeah. Some of those years are kind of blurry. Also. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> it was that whole mundane like. I hated my job so much that I actually wished that I would get in a car accident just enough to like break an arm or something. Yeah. So I didn't have to go, but it was the fear that kept me there all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had the stability. I knew exactly what I was going to make and every single day. And, you know, through that and a lot of other factors, my drug
0: use. Do you really think that uh, kind of more or less enabled your drug use? Because you. You know you're getting your paycheck this time. Mm-hmm. This day every two weeks oh, you're yeah. gonna go get what you need on this day after you get paid. Absolutely. Kind of schedule it
1: Absolutely. together.
0: Yeah.
1: I knew on midnight at Thurs Thursday at midnight every week that I was gonna have this amount of money.
2: Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. I knew exactly what I was gonna have. And because I had a good job and people knew me, they would just give me what I wanted on top of it.
2: If yeah. I didn't have money. Yeah, they'd fret yeah. you. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You know, so It definitely, it definitely enabled it quite a bit.
3: Do you think that, like, because, I mean, you you didn't like your job so much that, did you think that uh, the usage was kind of escaped from reality, so you didn't have to think about all the stuff that, you know, going back into work whenever, you know, or...
1: Absolutely. I mean, it just wasn't work. I mean, I had a whole, a a lot of home life problems also, you know. Right. a lot of um, different trauma from childhood. Um, I suffer from severe depression, PTSD, mm-hmm. um, childhood trauma, and just that kind of work on top of it. Um, and I was always in physical pain. Oh,
2: wow. I was
1: I was supposed to have two back surgeries, mm-hmm. and they wanted me to have like a hip replacement within the next five years.
2: Yeah. Whoa! But wow.
1: um, I wouldn't do it. So I was like, oh, yeah. oh. you know, and they just kept giving me drugs and drugs and drugs to cover mm-hmm. up the pain. And finally when my insurance ran out and everything and heroin just worked a lot better, yeah. it was yeah. a lot cheaper and way more accessible. So, yeah. right.
3: so was that where it kind of started is that you're like, wow, I'm not in pain. And then they're like, well, we can't give you this anymore. And you're like, this is constantly like hell basically. And yeah. so I need something that will, that's what
1: really helped jump it up. I mean, I started drinking and smoking weed when I was 12 years old. Sure. Um, And then through high school, I definitely partied a lot, Mm -hmm. you know. I was still a good kid. I still maintained my grades. I was never in trouble, you know. I was going to work during high school also, and I was on the dance team, and I was managing everything. But it was, um, yeah, towards the end there, that's when my drug problem definitely got way out of control. I mean, I ended up um, getting married. I was in a very... Very physically, and mentally, and emotionally abusive relationship. Um, How I, old were you when you got married? Um, I was 20... My daughter was born when I was 23, 24. Okay. 24? I was 24. Yeah. Yeah, because I had my, my first daughter, Elizabeth, um, when I was 23. And we got married the year after that. And then I had my second daughter the next year. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's... As soon as I had both my kids, that's when the violence really started getting really bad. It started getting really bad. It was always scary at home. Then going to work, hated my job. And I was so isolated from any friends or family. And that's what happens in those kind of situations. You know, you become isolated and to where that's the only person in your life. And that's why why you end up staying in that situation for so long. That makes sense. So after I had lost my job... um, my kids ended up, I ended up losing my kids. Um, basically gave them away to OCS um, when they were one and three. And right after that is when things got really bad. Before, my kids kinda kept me in line somewhat. You know, I knew yeah. that I had to have this, I had to have this, yeah. you know, the kids need this and that. Sure. And then,
0: that paycheck's coming on Thursday at midnight, and yeah. I really spend this much Well, I wasn't,
1: it? I actually ended up working uh, Getting fired from Fred Myers after oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I was working on the side, you know, and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. But when they were taken, it was kind of like, now I don't have anything holding me back, kind of yeah. thing. You know, anything, yeah. everything's gone. Right. You know?
3: Plus, that must have hurt a lot to have to do that. So I imagine
1: that did not help with the situation. It was, it was very, very hard. Yeah. You know, people always say they were taken by OCS. And like, I say I gave them up to OCS basically because that's, I chose to do these other things beside, before being a proper mother,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And so I made those decisions, and those were the consequences to those decisions, basically. Yeah. And um, that's when my drug use just got out of hand.
0: Mm-hmm. Just
1: out of hand. Like, I stopped working completely. I would disappear for months at a time. Um, I started using uh, IV. Um, sure heroin, yeah. and methamphetamine, and then uh, as I, it got worse and worse, I ended up uh, racking up a criminal record,
2: Sure. Yeah. Um,
1: ended up in jail, you know. And this it,
2: was mostly like to maintain your...
1: Habit. Habit, Basically, yeah. at this point, I mean, that was the only thing I had to do. I mean, I didn't think about food. No. I didn't think about anywhere to live. I mean, it wasn't
2: yeah.
1: even a thought in my mind. Basically, all yeah. day, every day, my mission was to get high. Go to and the next to place and get high. high. Yeah. Go to the next place and get high. Yeah. yeah. There was no thoughts. I mean, I tried doing the visitations and I would show up for a week or two and then I would just wouldn't make it. Yeah. Again and again. Again. And then I'd show up for a week or two and then I wouldn't make it. Again and again. Over and over and over with my kids. And, you know, finally that became too much to even handle and it was, you know, all the guilt and the shame of everything. I just had to block it all out yeah and that's why I just started using even more and yeah. more and harder and harder and it was literally it was probably a year from when I was managing things and everything was kind of put together to just done yeah I had racked up a criminal history been in and out of jail
2: yeah.
1: um, had signed up to go to treatment twice and left. I tried to quit on my own several times. You left,
2: like you went to treatment for like a day or two I didn't and then really left, quite or were make you just kind of like, yeah, filled out half an application and then?
1: Yeah, I filled out, out the one? application the yeah. first time I filled out the application here. Detoxed That's at my serenity. parents' house, yeah. yeah. Detoxed at my parents' house and then uh, ended up just going for a walk and not coming back. No. Sure. And uh, a few months later, I did the same thing with my uncle build out the paperwork went for a walk and come back detoxed yeah. everything you know I could not stop I could not stop getting high mm-hmm. the truth of it I could not stop getting high
2: yeah um I know you've probably talked about it before and some other people have talked about it too but so you can't stop um just like from a personal perspective like what is that like you know you, you're trying do you say like oh tomorrow I'm going to, or like, this is my last one. Do you have I like a hundred last ones or were you like... I
1: had done that hundreds of times yeah, yeah. and finally I stopped. And it, The only way I can describe it is that I would literally be sitting there and I'd be crying mm-hmm. and I'd be going, stop, don't do this. Don't give them your money. Why are you here? Why are you buying more dope? Stop it. I'd be crying as I'm shooting myself up because mm-hmm. I physically could not do it my brain would be sitting there telling me stop don't do this and with everything as honest as I could sit here today and tell you that I did not want to get high I didn't
2: yeah Yeah. I
1: absolutely did not want to get high but I it was like my body was starting to do it on its own Mm -hmm. and no matter what I did I could not stop and I'd be sitting there bawling begging not to do this trying to get high I mean and that's it's a really horrible horrible place to be yeah
0: Yeah.
1: and it's really undescribable unless you've been in it but that's the only way i can describe it is feeling like you're trapped inside and you're sitting there going no no don't do this and your body is physically doing something for you
0: yeah that is hell man like you can't (laughs) stop
1: it yeah
3: yeah surreal compulsion
1: it really is yeah. It's like you can literally look out at, at it from an outside point of view. Like you're not even in your body anymore. You're looking at it, going, "Don't do that." Mm-hmm. You yeah, can't wow. stop yourself.
2: Wow. Yeah. And um, some of the, in some of the, you know, the research and the classes I've taken that have kind of touched on addiction, essentially one of the things that it comes to is that your brain, quickly, like the survival parts of your brain, quickly learns, and prioritizes and like actually believes that like this substance is super necessary to survival and so when you say like don't do this when you're saying that you're sitting there and saying like don't do this don't do this if it is prioritizing it like it is survival like it is like air it'd kind of be like holding your breath and telling yourself don't breathe don't Mm -hmm. breathe but you're going to breathe, yeah. you know? Absolutely. I mean, you're going to breathe. So that's kind of right. what that, like, I mean. That's exactly. It's probably what it feels like. You're what like, it feels I'm like. just going to wow. not breathe. And then eventually, like, <gasps> I breathe, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. And, yeah, that's torture, you know, as, like, because, I mean, essentially humans, I mean, we're built, like, to survive, you know? I mean, we prioritize, like you said earlier, you know, you were prioritized. You didn't think about eating. You didn't think about, I mean, right. you are just thinking about, you know, like, Essentially, like you were in, like, I need this drug to survive zone completely. It sounds like, yeah, and that's a, That's
1: basically what it comes down to. It's yeah. like, that's what you think your survival is dependent on. Yeah, is and that happens that fast
2: high. from what we've from a lot of
0: the people we've Absolutely. talked to. I mean, we've seen it range from everywhere from first time to you know, three months, and I was in. I mean, mm-hmm. you're saying it took a year and you were fully invested. That's, I think, the longest time span that we've heard. Well, and I had been these. using
1: drugs and alcohol. For 13 years prior to this. Yeah. But my life was manageable. Mm-hmm. Everything was still put together and just fine and working out just well. Functional.
3: Kind of had that, that structure because you had the kids, so you knew you had to do this by yeah. this time and everything. I had the
1: kids, I had the job, I had the house, mm. and I was married. You know, everything Ray. was...
0: Seemingly ship-shaped. And exactly.
3: Lose a structure but gain just tons of guilt and that must have just crushed you. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I eventually... Um, I, you know, it sounds weird, but I'm so happy that it happened to me. But, it, but we call it the gift of desperation, basically. And um, I didn't have anything left. I had tried everything, but I ended up uh, waking up in the hospital. I had two surgeries on my arm. You guys can see the scar. I um, had a blood clot in my arm. And uh, all I remember. From going by going into the hospital and actually um, waking up from the surgery was the doctor coming in and talking to me and I don't remember much I kept um, blacking out did from the go, pain
2: did you go to the ER mm-hmm okay
1: and uh, was this I from, didn't want to go
2: yeah was this from I was t- like probably from no. I, shooting up yeah okay I was like no you got, I'm like, not a going blood
1: clot? yeah I'm not going I'm not going it'll be fine I don't know what it I didn't know what yeah. it was but mm-hmm. I was like it'll be fine it'll be fine yeah and um. I was literally dragged into the ER.
2: One of your parents or your friend or something? Just a friend that happened to go by. They were like, you have got to go.
1: Who was also, I mean, when an addict tells you, you need to go to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You probably need to go. Yeah, it's like, you got to go,
2: yeah.
1: And um, I just barely remember, I remember him talking to the doctor. I don't really remember talking to the doctor. And then I passed out.
2: Were you, were you like dying from this thing or were you super high?
1: Um, I was dying. I couldn't even get high.
2: Yeah, and I said, thought that
1: the okay. up thing is I thought that if I got high
2: it wouldn't hurt it would, it would It'd hurt. go away'd yeah. it be yeah. fine yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. all I
1: needed to do was get high yeah and it will go away. Everything will be fine.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, they didn't want to do surgery here. They wanted to send me to Seattle but they did not think that I would make it to Seattle. Wow wow. And then I remember the chaplain coming in and blessing me before I went to surgery. I woke up for just a few seconds while he did that, and I went back out because they did not think I was going to make it through the surgery. They were really scared that the blood clot was going to release and go to my heart and kill me. Um, So when I woke up in the hospital, and I spent about two weeks in the hospital, I called Sherry here. uh, at Randy House, and I remember just crying on the phone, begging her to come pick me up. And take me to treatment because I knew that if I left that hospital,
2: you were gonna get high. I, mean, I was your gonna blood go pot get high. Was gone. Yeah. I mean, you'd be good.
1: There's no way that Dead. I was gonna walk just across the parking lot to go to treatment.
2: No. No yeah. matter
1: how badly I wanted to. Yeah, so I right. just cried and I was like, I'm so sorry for not showing up before. Please come get me or I'm going to die. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: You know, and those are the, that's what they talk about, you know, there's only three ways to go, and it's jails, institutions, and death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, sure. I had already been to jail I was in an institution I and didn't you want trying to, die. to die yeah you know there was a tiny bit of me that didn't want to die yeah. most of the time I would have been fine yeah but being in the hospital for about two weeks enough to clear my mind I didn't want to die anymore
0: yeah,
2: yeah.
1: and that's what really started um, my whole road to recovery mm-hmm. I was in inpatient treatment residential treatment for um, almost 80 days, I had a wound that's, back on my arm. That's Serenity. Yeah, okay. Serenity
2: House. Wow, 80 days. Okay. Yeah,
1: um, I had a wound back on my arm, so I had mm-hmm. to go to the hospital three times a week and get it changed out and everything. And uh, I had to give myself uh, blood thinner shots in my stomach every morning. Mm. Plus, I was doing like all the groups, and I had finally gotten in, um, in contact with OCS. And I mean, I really by the time I got to Springhouse, I didn't. I didn't think that there was any way I would ever see my children again. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that I could ever live a normal life.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: didn't care.
0: That's got to be a daunting about. thought to think that for the rest of your life, you're never going to see your children again.
1: Yeah. I That's mean, scary. I really thought it was completely just not even an concept in my mind. Yeah. I didn't think, I didn't know anything that was going to happen to me. All I wanted to do was not die.
0: Yeah.
1: That's how I felt. And I would do anything to not die. And so when I was in there, I just absorbed everything. And I just let these people help me and love me. And I just did everything that I was told. And I just clung on to these people because I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But I just know I'm not supposed to get high.
0: Yeah. And
1: that was what it was for the first 90 days, the first three months. It was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I just know that I don't want to get high. Yeah. And so I did every single thing that they told me to do. And um, they started taking me to meetings. I got a sponsor, who I absolutely adore. She's become one of my best friends now. Yeah. And. um,
2: How uh, how quickly in? So you did, you said how many days at Serenity? Eighty. Almost eighty days. Okay. Um, and did you get a sponsor while you were in Serenity? I did. How long? How just a few weeks in, or what?
1: Yeah, it was about. Mm, Two to three weeks in.
2: Okay. Because I'm not trying to like, out of these podcasts and out of all the people we talk to, I guess I'm not, I'm definitely not trying to be like, this is what you should do, obviously. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we've, the people that we've sat down and talked with who are, you know, three months, six months, a year. They've all gotten sponsors, and they have all gotten sponsors pretty quickly. And it
0: seems like yeah. they've all been super influential in their road to recovery. And they're too. all, yeah. like,
2: we're, t- I mean, n- not necessarily always, like, we're super duper tight, but they're always, like, we're, like, always in contact, somebody mm. I can rely on, you know? Absolutely. Sounds like that was, is that was, has your sponsor been pretty...
1: That's how my sponsor was, and sure. it was, like... You have to put in the effort, so you need to call me every day kind of thing. Sure. yeah. And so that's what I started. I mean, not every single day because she worked at the house sometimes, so I got to see her most of the time. So it yeah. was kind of a cop-out for me. But <laughs> um, for the most part, as soon as I got out of treatment, I was on the phone with her every single day. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there's, like, five things that they tell you to do. And if, you know... All the other stuff that we do is great. It's healing, you know, trauma work, PTSD work, talking about your feelings, going, you know, counseling, mental health therapy, all that stuff. That's all great. But the five, there's like five things that you're supposed to do. And it's get a sponsor, go to meeting, work steps, get a home group, and be of service. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's the basic of any recovery program, NA or AA. Five Mm -hmm. things.
2: Okay. Yeah. What are those? Get a sponsor. Go to meetings. Go to meetings. Work steps. Work steps. Get a home group. Get a home group. Be of service. Be of service. So a home group is that, like, a meeting, like a, like a hub meeting that you, like, consistently I go, go to? to? Like, I always go to my Wednesdays at 10 or whatever. Yep. I go okay. to every
1: Saturday at 7 o'clock at okay. the College Height Baptist Church. Okay. That's my home group meeting.
2: Cool. am right. home group.
1: You get involved that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you accountable. People see, get to know you, and they see you, and when they don't see you, there's people to reach out and be like, hey, what's going on? Why haven't yeah. you been there? Yeah. You know, because it is so easy for us to start falling off. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's why you have to make these connections with these people. Yeah. Constantly. And
2: I guess, like, when you when people have talked about sponsors and then I think, like, okay, a lot of what they've talked about is, like, accountability. Mm-hmm. But then it seems like a home group, although, like, they might hold you accountable, part of that might be some accountability. Also, it's like... I think a little, maybe it sounds like like some accountability, but a little bit less just like straight up social support, social connection, Mm -hmm. and just like some real friendships.
1: And that's what it is. I mean, all my... Yeah. That's what I do on Saturday night. I'm at an AA meeting. That's where all my friends are. That's where I see everyone I know, you know, my... Kids come with me. It's a very family-oriented group. There's lots of other children there. You know, it's very family-like. You know, we celebrate birthdays. We all watch each other's progress. We share our stories. You know, And you get to know people on a deeper level yeah. if you want to. It's how much you want to put into it. It's sure. how much you want to get to know people. And that was really difficult for me because I right. was like, I don't want to know anybody. I don't want to be anyone's friend. I don't like people. No. Yeah. And I, sometimes I still have that attitude. But yeah. um, that was my attitude most of my life. You know, I remember my dad calling me bitter one day. Like, you're yeah. such a bitter person. You don't like anybody. I, I like, am not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. I like... People that aren't stupid.
0: (laughs) It's your fault. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Exactly.
1: But, you know, and so that's where I, that's when I really wanted to start. I don't want to be that person. I want to be a better person. People say I'm unapproachable, I'm intimidating, um, all this stuff. And it's more just because I'm reserved and quiet. But that's where, you know, my step work and stuff really helped me change stuff like that. I didn't. I used it at first just to stay sober.
2: Yeah.
1: That's what I definitely, I just wanted to stay sober. I had to, you know, accept my disease. And it was hard for me to admit that it was a disease because I was like, no, it's a choice. Like, I made bad fucking choices. Bad things happen. That makes sense, right? Right. Yeah. That's how life works. If I would have just stopped doing drugs, none of these bad things would happen to me.
2: Yeah.
1: But it's like, when I really thought about what I was talking about earlier, like, I couldn't stop.
2: Yeah, you had to breathe. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I had to. You know, and that's when it, I accepted that it was a disease and that mm-hmm. I am a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have my active addiction play in other parts of my life. I yeah. mean, you can't buy a box of post and leave it in my house and think sure. it's going to be there yeah. in an hour.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not going to happen. I have no <laughs> willpower
0: yeah, over
1: it whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Netflix, I am like stuck. Yeah. Cannot stop. I relate
3: to that a little too well. Yeah. (laughs) I
1: binge watch TV and I will literally like cancel appointments. I will not show up. I will isolate myself and I'm just like, no, I need to finish the last season of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. (laughs) I have to finish. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: I know on uh, Amazon (laughs) Video, I think they might have done the same thing on Netflix across like some other ones, but I know on Amazon Video you can skip intros now, like you Mm -hmm. can skip the crows. Oh, yeah. So now you can skip them like, Hallelujah! Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, we're back nev- in it. I'm Let's nev- go. Netflix. I can
1: like skip the recap, and I'm like, I already know what happened. Yeah, yeah, like,
0: like I know. Been there. Let's go. No, <laughs> oh, dude, the worst is the "Are you still watching?" thing. Yeah, yeah of oh, course. I said. Yeah. That's why are you, you asking me stupid questions? What are you trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Get out of my life. <laughs> Some people call it binging. I call it dedication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: so you, the uh, one question is the. You work steps, it sounds like majority, like ma- like most of the time, like with your sponsor, right? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, I work steps with my sponsor. Um, I have sponsees that I work mm-hmm. their steps through. And every time that you work a set of steps, even with a sponsee, you're working, you're in that step and you're working that step
2: Yeah. also. Oh, yeah. so you, so your sponsor, like if you're going to work a step. I know some of these, or I mean a lot of them are, I mean they sound hard. I mean, really hard, right? Yeah. I mean, taking like a moral inventory and like oh, yeah. admitting all of these things, and then like telling somebody like that's daunting. And you got to make you have to make um,
1: amends. Amends,
2: right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's hard. It these is. These all sound really hard.
1: You know, it it is really hard. But
2: freeing as well. Yeah. It is very freeing. Sure.
1: I can't even explain. I think everybody, even like just normal people, yeah, should, should work, work some steps. steps. Yeah. I am yeah. like, do yeah. it. It will change your life.
2: Yeah. So how
3: long? How long do they? Sorry, go ahead. So where do you where do you find these steps? Like, or or do you have it like memorized? Is there a lot of them? Um, or? it's
1: different how everyone works steps. Like um, Narcotics okay. Anonymous has a workbook that you can yeah. work steps out of. Okay. Um, you know, uh, AA works steps out of the Big Book. Right, but right. They're all the they're all the same.
2: Yeah, you know, and they're all just, there's, yeah. 12 12 there's, oh, okay, there's twelve yeah. steps. are twelve steps. Okay.
1: Uh, one is, um, meaning you're powerless. Your life's become manageable. Two, came to believe that a higher, that a power greater than yourself could restore you to sanity. I laughed at that one because I was like, you know, I kind of believe in a higher power, but um, I'm crazy.
0: <laughs> That's never gonna <laughs> sure, change. <laughs> sure. Yeah.
1: Three, um, making a decision to turn your will and your life over to um, the care of God as you understand Him. And that's something that I do every single day, mm-hmm. several times a day, mm-hmm. several times a day. If there's, I have to be like, okay, I know that I really want to do this, yeah. but obviously it's not in the cards today. Yeah, mm-hmm. and let it go.
2: Yeah, and I know or... some people they, because uh, I know AA, uh, they, they say like your higher power doesn't necessarily need to be your neighbor's higher power, right? Nope. I mean, so like I some people just. Some people's higher power is super, like, maybe, like, I don't know, just very classical Western, like, Christ-based, where, where others might be super Eastern-based in like a, in, like, a Hindu system, where others might just be simply, like, basically there's a whole lot of people in the world. I can't, there's so many forces going on. I can't really control everything. So I'm just going to admit that I don't have total control. And I think that that... I think that, that that AA has found a way. I know that it can still be difficult, like to converse, like in higher powers, and some people are going to want to be, you know, religion. They say, you know, yeah. like a bar or whatever. That's a bad yeah. topic to use right now. Did but you like at you don't at, religion, at wherever, you know, like you don't talk what religion and politics, politics? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's I guess nice that it seems like they're. I, I know some programs are like, you know, this program is actually those who are going to embrace this, you know, kind yeah. of section of a higher power belief, you know, this kind of doctrine, however, like, it keeps it pretty open, which I think is... And that's,
1: I mean, I was trying to find it in here, but it, that's exactly what it talks about, is that our higher power is whatever you want it to be. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be...
2: So bigger than you.
1: It just has to be bigger than you. Yeah. I mean, for... Sometimes for me I just have to think about the world is gonna turn.
2: Yeah. Things are gonna happen. Whether
1: I want it or not. I can sit here and try to be Superman and turn it back Mm -hmm. and make it stop. Yeah. Or I can just go with it. Yeah. The people and everything in the world is going to do what it wants to do. Yeah. You know? I can't change that.
2: Yeah. I can either That's free I can change
1: my reaction (laughs) to how I deal with it.
0: From a lot of the stories we've heard, what I was just gonna say, real quick. From a lot of stories we've heard, it seems the more people, especially with addictive personalities, tend to seek control. The less control you end up having, because like Absolutely. you said, like I didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't want to use anymore. Mm. I was done. I didn't want to, but I had to. Mm. Absolutely had to. And yeah. It sounds like that comes from you never. You were seeking control. Of the things you couldn't control. You you hated your job. You know, and instead of trying to seek a new job and that's scary, you know, that back to that different being scary thing, Mm -hmm. instead of seeking a new relationship, you're in an abusive relationship. Instead of seeking a new, a new life habits, you seek control through masking that, you know, and when you end up losing all that stuff
1: and make it all better in Uh, the house. But really you don't have control. Right. You know, it's like it and. That's the one thing, you know, we realize that our lives are, run, our self will run wide. That is the definition of an alcoholic or an addict. Every time that I run my life, I run it into the ground. Yeah. Sure. It's really simple. Yeah, You know, every time that I think it's a good idea and this is what everyone should do and this is how it should be done. Things get messed
2: up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It does not work. I end up hurting somebody's feelings, they get mad, they don't want to deal with me, you know, because I'm being bossy, controlling, telling them that what they're doing is not right, you should do it my way, then everyone will be happy, but really, I will be happy.
2: Damn. You know, This is right in the feelings. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, right you know? in the feelings, man. Come on. You, know? you can't say do anything to you. <laughs> <laughs> you and can't. when I do that, I'm telling them yeah. what they do is
1: that they don't know, that they're stupid, that they need to be told, you know? That's really what I'm telling somebody even though I'm trying to be nice and I'm just trying yeah, to help them.
2: No, I get it. I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Really?
0: Yeah.
1: If you just listen to me everything would be better. Every,
0: yeah, I, I think feel everybody you. does that, man. Everyone tells you what to do because that's just what they think is best. It's not because mm-hmm. they want you to do poorly. No one wants you to really But do it's that how poorly. the other people
1: perceive it. And most yeah. people, when somebody tells you what to do like if I came in here and was like, "Huh, let me show you how to do a podcast here." You know, you'd be like, "Um, really?" And who the f*** are you,
0: right? No, I mean, he's open to it. I'm probably like, go it, ahead, honestly. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool.
1: But, you know, if I come <laughs> yeah, in and try hard. to tell you how to do your job. No kidding. You know, right. Those yeah, people yeah, get no. a little defensive and they're like, oh, you know better. You think I'm stupid? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that's what happens, you know. I don't, I don't tell people what to do. I mean, I like to give suggestions. I'm like, hey, if you do this, I help you yeah. a lot. But you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. and that's what I tell my sponsees. you can do whatever sure, you sure. want. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. You know, we suggest that Strongly you do this, suggest- this, and this, right. and that.
2: Yeah. But if
1: you don't do that, it's cool. Your life is yeah. not going to change, and that's on you, not on yeah, me. Sure. More or
0: less, laying it out for people: like, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but if you do this, mm-hmm. this, this, and this, are probably going to happen on the good end. If you do this, 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 and probably going to happen on the bad end. It's your choice, mm-hmm. but I mean. Someone told me,
1: we can do whatever you want in your recovery. You can do whatever you want, as long as you're willing to accept the consequences. Sure.
2: Which, that's scary, I mean, I guess to me.
1: And that's how I treat my children today. I say, okay, you know what? You have the choice now. Next time you get upset, you can hit your sister, and you can get a timeout, and you don't get what you want, Mm -hmm. or you can come and tell mom that you're upset, and I'll try and fix it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, you made the choice to hit your sister. Well, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, they are three and five. They need right. somebody to tell them what their options are. Yeah. yeah. Three yeah. year Absolutely. old, you took my toy. Whack. Right. <laughs> as as yeah. far as their thought process goes. Yeah. But that's how it works, you know? I mean, I don't, nobody controls me. Why mm-hmm. do I think it's okay to control their people? Yeah. And the more I try to control their people, the more upset I get, the more upset they get. Yeah. And then, you know, the things are going crazy, have. and I'm yeah. all like, the thing I know. And the less you have, yeah. I'm at the bar, and I'm like, you know what? Screw those people. Drink.
2: Yeah. And yeah. Aaron and I, were brothers. And no. <laughs> he just, yeah, in real life. And we, I don't know, some people, we like, they meet us in, like, two minutes in. Are you brothers? And then other people, like, at the mall, like, a couple weeks ago... We're like, oh, no, we're, you know, we're brothers. And this woman would not believe us. So it's hard. Like, some just people are like, dude, or... you're brothers. Yeah, half brothers? Anyway, <laughs> he moved up, like, six weeks ago. And that's, like, dude, he's like, you're just like mom. You're so controlling. And I saw so I, like, a lot of times, dude, I got to be, like, like, I'll be, like, you know, definitely throw in some shade. Like, dude, that's, like, that's stupid. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And then I have to go back. And I'm like, you know, man, I you know, you're, you're an adult, like. I'm really sorry. Like <laughs> I shouldn't treat you like that. And so yeah, when you're saying like, it's yeah, it's exhausting. But yeah, it is exhausting. So yeah. no, I get it. Like giving that up is hard, but like definitely, it's extra exhausting
0: for us because we're polar opposites in pretty much every facet of life. Yeah. You couldn't see it
3: earlier, but uh, as as Daniel was talking about. Uh, that that topic, Eric was just kind of slowly sinking his chair, <laughs> and Aaron <Eric> just aggressively <laughs> pointing at him.
2: Like, Ew! <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Know,
1: people don't have to agree and they can coexist. I mean, me and my boyfriend, we've been together for over a year. Not once have we ever raised our voices at each other. Yeah. We might disagree. We do not argue.
2: Yeah. Like right. wow.
1: We don't agree on anything. We don't like the same food. We don't like the same movies. We don't like the same music. We totally. Live our lives completely different. <laughs> yeah. But we coexist just fine because yeah. he is his own person and I am my own person. My children are their own people. They do what they're going to do and I Sounds can either like be there boundaries,
2: yeah. and yeah. support it
1: and help them when they ask for help, not when they don't ask for help, when they ask. All right. Because they are people and they mm-hmm. know when they need help.
0: Yeah. Clear so. cut communication. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or I can sit there and try and tell them what to do and I can be, you know, an angry mom always yelling at my children and a naggy to a girlfriend always being like, you need to clean this, you need to do that, you need to do this.
0: And that's probably how you end up the
1: I don't want to be that person. No. I don't want
2: to be exhausting. that person. It's exhausting. Y'all it's exhausting. Trust me. It's really exactly. tired. It's really tired. Nobody tiring. else
1: wants to hear that. <laughs> no, I but... don't want to be that person. Like,
3: yeah. no. <laughs> Eric is literally dying right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want people to think that about me. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I'm like, if you, you know, just put the clothes in the laundry basket. It wouldn't be such a mess.
2: Yeah, no, I just, oh, yeah. dude, I literally, you no, know, we I literally told, I literally told my brother yesterday. I said, I think I'm gonna make a sign, I, cause where we, uh, we rent this basement of this house, and upstairs, uh, a couple of teenage kids and their mom live there, and he, and sometimes the teenagers leave laundry in the washer for like, let's say they're gonna put it in the washer and then go to Anchorage for like three days. And leave it in the washer, right? Yeah, that's crazy. So I said, and so it's happened like twice now in like the last couple of weeks. And I, so I said, hey, in front of the teenager, super passive aggressively, which now I regret. But I said, I said, and Aaron too, I said, you know, guys, I think I'm going to make a sign. And they were like, oh, really? Like taking me seriously because I'm using this tone. Like I think I'm going to make a cool sign. They said, oh, really? I said, yeah, I'm going to hang up in the laundry room. If you put your clothes in the washer and in the dryer, and then in a basket, all in less than 24 hours, it's not a crime. It's not a crime to just put it all, do it all in less than a day. Like, that's cool. And they're just like, uh, yeah, we hate you. That's like, next level just, passive. Yeah, yeah, you suck. And, and I, am, so.
1: I love passive-aggressive. Like, that's my go-to. Like, I am super passive-aggressive when I start getting irritated about oh, things. Yeah? Oh, boy. And, like, one day I was, like, wanted to send this text message, you know? And it was like... Yes, this is exactly what I want to say. And my sponsor's like, Danielle, no. <laughs> no, that sounds passive-aggressive, and you sound like a douchebag. And I was <laughs> like, that's what it was supposed to sound like. That's what exactly what <laughs> yeah, I was going that's for. That's the goal, thanks. That's, <laughs> the, goal. <Next>. that's <laughs> the goal. That's exactly where I was going, and she was just like... No. (laughs) New
3: goals, new goals. So to reiterate that into sort of a consequence-based thing, you could be like, well, you know, when they're in there too long, they start growing mold, so I'll just put them in a trash bag and uh, put them at the end of the road, and, you know, they're trash now. That's the consequence. I feel the
2: support, yeah. There you go. I I
1: mean, that's what I would do. (laughs) I would just take them out and set them on top of the washer and just move on. Outside, just like... But that's the thing, you know? I mean, I can sit there and I can be passive-aggressive, and I can just, you know, be the mean neighbor who's all like, ah, your laundry all the time, and these people are like, now I'm really going to f with them. Yeah. 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 Or or I can just go, oh, there's stuff in the washer still. I'm going to move it out of my way and continue on with my life, because their clothes are none of my business. I don't care if it's right or wrong. I know what I'm doing is okay. Their clothes are none of my business. How they want their clothes washed is none of my business. How I think that they should be washed is none of my business.
3: How did you have that that one eighty? Like, what is yeah. what was it that really struck you? I mean, I know they kind of talked about it in the step program, and you had your sponsor helping you out, but it sounds like you had just like you were you were one way, and then I mean, it's probably it definitely over time, right? Yes. But w- what was it that really changed how you
1: looked at that? Um, step one, every single day.
2: Sure.
1: I am powerless. Mm. I am powerless over people, places, and things, in myself. I am powerless over myself. My thoughts, they come. Feelings, they come. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes yeah. things come out of my mouth. You know, I work on that constantly. Yeah. But I'm powerless over my thoughts, over my feelings. I'm powerless over how other people think. I'm powerless over what they do. I'm powerless over how they think about me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? I'm just I'm powerless over the way the world is going to turn and what the people are going to do in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do anything about it. And then I pray. say, God, I'm here again. I'm powerless. Thank you for allowing me to be here in your day. Show me what you want to do. Keep me from selfish and self-pity and depressing thoughts.
0: Yeah.
1: And guide my words and my actions. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have power. But my higher power has power. Mm-hmm. And I don't know a lot of the time what that my, my higher power wants me to do. But I do know that it doesn't want me to get high. So as long as I don't do that,
2: we're yeah. good. Right. Sure. For the
1: day we're good. Yeah. Yeah. And it is really hard. Because it's like, they're my kids. I'm their mother. You know? I know what's best for them. Because
0: yeah. I said so. Because I said so. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's not how it works.
2: Sounds good to me. Eric's you a big know? I said so
0: guy. Because
1: I said so. <laughs>
2: Dude, I'm gonna lose a lot of fans. <laughs> About it, Maybe I'll get some fans if I take some of this advice. You know, I always
1: <laughs> <laughs> think about it. If somebody, you know, told me that because I said so, I'd be like, "Yeah,
0: well,
2: yeah, well, yeah, she did, yeah. This is what I say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Flips off. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: most people. That's yeah. how they're gonna react to it. You know, like I'm not almighty, controlling. If I do want to act like that, I become this person that I don't want to be. Mm -hmm. Like I said earlier, I always come off intimidating Mm -hmm. and unapproachable and mean and passive-aggressive. And I don't make friends easily because of those things. I come off like I don't care, like I'm cold, you know, and I don't want to be that person.
3: So you kind of step back and you see yourself where you are, which is hard to do. It's hard to look at where you are really and then where you want to be. And you just kind of incorporate that into your day. It's like, if I take these actions, this is who I'm going to be, you know, regardless of how I think I am. And then just putting those, trying to put those two images together, I mean, that's just a daily struggle. When
1: I do, when you do a step six, you make a list of all your character defects. So, like, on my list, I'm like, okay, I lie. I'm manipulative. I'm passive-aggressive. I'm mean. I'm unapproachable. Um, I'm bitter. I am... um, Intolerant, because yeah. I open up my mouth constantly and right. things that are rude come out. You know, that's I'm gotta controlling.
0: That's got to be one of the tougher steps, I would imagine, being that honest with yourself.
1: And then I look at them and I accept
0: myself yeah,
2: wow. for them. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. big. That that's, that's big. who I am. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. as
1: I accept my disease, that I am an addict also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm an addict. I'm also, but it's not just about accepting the negative things. I accept yeah, the positive all those things, yeah. good too. things
2: too. Yeah, no, I'm not
1: a violent person. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a very gentle person. Mm-hmm, I'm yeah. not loud. you know. I'm reserved and I'm not, I used to think of it as a bad thing. Like I was really shy, I didn't want to be that person. I hated being a shy person that never talked. I'm a reserved person, that's who I am. The world needs people like that. We don't right. all need to be loud and obnoxious all the time. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay that these are the things and that's what humility is. It's learning mm-hmm. what your defects are and your strengths are and growing your strength and working on your defects mm-hmm. every single day, yeah. you know? So I ask God, don't let that stuff happen. Don't let all those defects come out all the time. And yeah. it's not perfect, I'm not yeah. perfect, mm-hmm. you know? But usually at the end of the day, I can look at my day and I go, hmm. You know, for a long time I was, I did. you do a nightly inventory and I'd be like, was I tolerant? Nope.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? And it was because of thoughts that go through my head. But then I realized, oh yeah, I was tolerant because I didn't let them come out of my mouth like I normally would.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. it's super cool you say that because i coach wrestling back in montana and i tell my kids that all the time you know like you can make any choice you want you can do anything you want throughout the day but you know it's like that old saying you make your bed and you lie in it mm-hmm. literally when you go to bed at night lay down and think about everything you've done and, and why you did it and how you did it and see if you're okay with that exactly and Then, if you can literally make your bed and actually lie in it and be okay with yourself you're probably doing all right, and, you yeah. know, and if you're honest with yourself. Well,
1: that's what I look at. Like, was I dishonest with anybody?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And starting with myself, was sure. I dishonest with myself today? Yeah,
2: that's hard. You
1: know, did I lie to myself at any point today? Mm-hmm. Did I lie to anybody else? And if I did, I need to automatically, my son makes me, because I lie about stupid things. I mean, I lie about the stupidest. Is everything okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, just dumb things. Oh, did you get a phone call from them yet? Nope. When I did. Yeah. I mean, just stupid things. You know, I got to call right then and there and tell that person that I lied. And that's a humbling experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. you ever hard. had to look
1: at, like, I could be sitting here going to be like, oh, nice shirt. And then I lied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I lied
0: actually really hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: The yeah. barber's like, did I do a great job? You like your haircut? And you're like, absolutely. At the mm-hmm. back later, actually, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, I just told you a lie for no reason.
3: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, that's a hard thing to do. Oh, yeah. you know? And then I got to look at like, was I loving and kind to all? Or did I go out of my way to hurt anybody?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and if I did, thing is, if I messed up, I have steps to fix it. I messed up. I was rude to that person. So I make amends with them. You know, yes, I might have been really angry at those people for. I might have yelled at the kids next door for leaving their laundry, but they shouldn't have left their laundry in there, and then I wouldn't have had to yell at them. No, I just shouldn't yell at people.
2: Yeah,
0: sure. That's more you know, justifying the I have being to just look at
1: myself because I'm only responsible for myself.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: hey, I'm sorry that I yelled. That was unnecessary, and there was no reason for that.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: it doesn't matter what that person did. I just have to apologize for myself. Because that's my defective character that I try to work on every day. Mm -hmm. And the only way to work on it is seeing that it happen and fixing it right away. And then I wake up the next day and I'm free to start over again. I start the day the exact same way every single day. You know, steps one, two, and three. I am powerless over people, places, and things. I am crazy. (laughs) Only God can keep me from these crazy thoughts and actions. Here I am to do what you want me to do. Show me. Keep me available and open to see it. Yeah. And as long as I do those, I'm usually pretty good. I don't end up hurting anybody, causing any wreckage. I don't feel shameful. I don't feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I didn't make a mess of anything. And I'm not at the bar getting drunk or sticking a needle in my arm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know? yeah.
1: Right. And life is good. Life is good today. I have 18 months clean and sober tomorrow. Wow. Nice.
2: Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Awesome. Wow. You know, Congrats. It's a long time.
1: I get my kids two nights a week. Overnights, two nights a week, and I see them three days a week. Nice, uh, just regular visitations. Yeah, you know, I got my driver's license back finally after two years, just wow. last week.
2: Well, I mean, awesome. like, yeah. right. jeez. I work for things. myself.
1: Yeah, I have tons of work. Yeah, I have a beautiful family. I have a great relationship with my parents that I've never had before.
2: Sure,
1: you know, I have a great relationship with my grandmother, and that was a big thing. Yeah, because. It was very hard to make that amends. Yeah, you know, I. And you guys? It,
2: you guys had been pretty close.
1: Um, when we when I was younger, yeah, yeah and yeah. then we definitely,
2: yeah, separated. Sure.
1: You know, OCS just called me the other day and said August thirteenth is reunification date. Wow. So that's the date when they want my kids in my house full time.
2: Awesome. You wow. know, which means that
1: custody is like right around the corner.
2: Yeah. Wow. I mean,
1: that's like big things. I mean, that's like
2: so huge.
1: For me, it's like I get to get in the car today. I have money to be able to do what I want to do. Yeah. Which is cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Because
1: I have a job to go get it from. I can yeah. get in the car by myself with the kids. You know, their grandparents trust me enough. The state trusts me enough. Yeah. It's hard to gain back the state's, you know, trust. Yeah. Trust True. me enough to be able to take my kids and go places and do things and spend time together.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's Absolutely.
1: a big deal. hmm And I don't, and I'm happy with myself today. Like I said, like. I wish normal people could work steps yeah. because it has completely yeah. changed my life. Mm-hmm. All my relationships are good today. Everything that I do is okay. And sometimes when I do, we do something wrong, which isn't really that bad. I mean, like, I got like first world problems now.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. like,
1: the biggest problem I got is like, I ran out of coffee creamer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but no. You, <laughs> and you can go get more. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's yeah. no more seasons of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, stressed about that. I'm, like, how do you watch a show for, like, 11 years, and then they're just, nope, done. No. <laughs> like, withdrawal yeah. symptoms. <laughs> yeah. I have to go
0: through the oh, set program for exactly. Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Hardest detox ever.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's an amazing life I live today. I get to help people. You know, I go to the treatment center, and I do volunteer work. I do um, different step studies. I go to meetings. I get to talk to newcomers. I get to walk with other women through these steps Mm. that change their lives. And that is the biggest gift that I get from this program is watching these steps work in other people's lives. You know, listening to them, being able to be like, I'm here to do this with you. Yeah. You know, Giving back. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is an amazing
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just to wrap up here. Um, It kind of sounds like once you give up control and you establish honest, true communication with clear-cut communication with yourself and others is kind of the key to that freedom Mm -hmm. that you were originally seeking in the first place. Not necessarily control anymore, but freedom. Freedom to do the things you want to do, live your life the way you want to live it, and truly be happy.
1: The only reason somebody will ever fail this program, there's only one reason, and it says that in the big book is... If you're not capable of being honest, Mm -hmm. if you're not capable of being honest, you will fail this program. If you can be 100% honest with yourself, with someone else, and a higher power, you will succeed. And it's tough and it's hard, and I know it's hard. I've been going through it for a while, but it's so much better in
0: life. Yeah, so worth it. All right, Daniel, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, thank
2: you so much. It just sounds like so many cool things. You know, you went from just overwhelming amounts of, I guess, obstacles to now 18 months, driver's license, self-employed, seeing children multiple times a week, you know, just all these things and so many good topics and so many, like, actually really insightful things that we heard today. I've actually loved this episode um thanks a lot for yeah. being for doing this serenity so.
0: intake house got serenity house intake office um here on binkley street binkley street binkley yeah. Street. i was about to say brinkley street but binkley <laughs> street if you're looking to get into recovery and you're struggling um a lot of the people we've talked to this seems like the place to go yeah uh get yourself in okay. be honest make a change for yourself thank you very much this was eric aaron cobert and danielle this is you and i for the keen